0: campfire conversation podcast i'm your host cole kelly ask almost anybody who's been to summer camp whether they be kids or staff members and they'll tell you it is awesome they will also tell you through their words but mostly through their actions that they learn a ton while there too as a longtime camp director youth sport coach and father to three growing young men i know the lessons that we learn at camp can be hugely beneficial for all of us back home in the real world So, each week, I'll spend some time around the digital campfire talking with professionals from inside and around the summer camp world. We'll share their lessons, their ideas, and their practices in a way that I hope will be immediately useful for your life back home. So, pull up a seat, get your marshmallow ready to roast, and let's spend some time learning together around the campfire. What is it like to be a residential summer camp director during the time of COVID-19, as we are just about into June, I should be already at camp. I should be preparing for our pre-camp staff to arrive, then, then Chef Daniel, then the counselors, and then finally, after 10 months of planning and preparing with me, with our entire team, finally, the kids will show up. The whole purpose of this experience, preparing the community of and for young people. It's really pretty incredible thing to actually do. It's something I've done now for 19 years. And for the first time ever, preparing for a summer leads to no camp. No buses will be driving up to our camp this summer with cheering and screaming and laughing children. No flights will be coming in from California or Houston or Fort Lauderdale or, or Atlanta. Campers from 14 different countries won't be walking through immigration proudly wearing their Waquait gear. The grounds of my summer camp, Camp Waquait, which have been silent save a lot of buzzing from Jerry and our maintenance director, John, for the past nine months, it will continue to be that. It'll be silent. The birds will chirp, certainly, and the squirrels will fight, and the fish will jump around. But the kids, they won't be playing. And our camp is not alone in this. Many residential overnight camps have canceled their summer plans. Uh, For those watching the trend, it probably feels like all of them. While it's easy to think that, it's actually not true. There are several camps that continue to wait for guidance from their respective state governments and their departments of health. There are a few who will take on the suggestions and requirements set forth by the ACA and the CDC and their state governments to welcome kids. And I really, honestly, and deeply in my heart, wish them well. Uh, Heck, I might even sign up for staff. If they need somebody, y'all give me a call. I wanted to take this, though, our final campfire for the spring session of 2020 and give you some personal insight into what it's been like to be a summer camp director during the time of COVID-19. I'll talk about my experience and then what I hope we can all learn from it. But before I go into things, I do want to offer a pretty serious discla- disclaimer. I live in Georgia near round which I know many of you would argue is the COVID wild west. <laughs> Believe it or not, our governor is actually a good man. I don't know Governor Kemp personally, but I know several people who do, and I trust them, and they sing his praise. Rather than opening up willy-nilly, there actually have been a number of restrictions placed on us as Georgians as we started to move about. And in my home area, in which about 170,000 people live year-round, we've only had 360 total cases and thankfully only 19 deaths. And I know any death is a terrible thing. And when we compare those deaths to the numbers in the major metro areas where many of our campers come from, they're very different. The numbers in our area as a percentage of our population is really incredibly low. I know many, if not most, of the families in the U.S. have had a distinctly different experience with COVID than I have. I know all the camp directors, particularly those in the Northeast, took the experience of their children and their families into account when making decisions. I know I certainly did. And I know that my personal experience with COVID, or really lack thereof, has truly covered my overall perspective of it. So I wanted to put that out there first before I Got things rolling because I know so many of our campers and staff members have had such a distinctly different experience than I have. And that's where I'm coming from. All right, so that being said, let me use a couple of words to describe what this has been like for me personally. And again, this is only my own personal reflections. First of all, this experience has been scary. The headlines are just awful, and I read them from all over the country. The stories from some of our friends and families. It's really scary. I do know friends and families who have, have lost loved ones from this, several of them, in fact. The pictures are, are are brutal. The unknown, and there's so much uncertainty. And then you've got this rise of the MIS-C, the, the Kawasaki-like syndrome that seemed to pop out of nowhere. Seeing the camps close. That up and down the East Coast, that truly scared me. Professionally, I sat there and thought, what does that mean for us? From a community standpoint, what does that mean for us? We have a number of longtime staff members that are with us. How will this affect us and how will this affect them? Having worked together for some of us, many as 17, 16, 17 years, they've become family. And I worry how the future will affect them and, selfishly, how it will affect the camp that I so love. So it's certainly been scary. It's also been frustrating, and maybe not in the way you might think it. I've found over the course of the last several weeks, some of our friends, colleagues, and, and acquaintances have been pretty hurtful or rude to one another. The national media has seemed to have picked sides, reporting to scare or coalesce rather than to inform. Data suggests from the CDC that this awful disease spreads very quickly, and it also suggests that it's not life-threatening to 99.9% of us. Yet we've given up so much of our lives. Did you know that kids are more likely to die of a lightning strike or a shark attack than COVID? They're also 11 times more likely to die of the regular flu or pneumonia than of COVID. And then, of course, we've got this new disorder, this MISC, with which we have to contend. All the information coming back and forth, all the hurtful language, perceived or not, coming back and forth, it's so frustrating. As a camp director, I just want to get everybody around the campfire and sing a bit and talk about it underneath the stars. And that can give us a better sense and a place from which to move forward together. This experience has also been heartbreaking. The long-term effect of this experience on our young people really could be massively negative. The lack of social, emotional connections, the increasing anxiety, the, the lack of physical exercise, the absence of the, the natural environment, all of these things have to be taken into account when we think about the overall effect it has on our children. I don't know about you, but my children have actually said several times, I really wish I was at school. I've never heard that. Kids simply want the connection to being around other kids. And it's heartbreaking to see that negative effect placed on them. And really, it's not just the kids. It's our young staff members. And it's us, too, as adults. We're getting to the point where we risk becoming calcified in our fear and separated. And I know I don't talk about religion very often on this podcast, but C.S. Lewis had one of the most gripping ideas of of hell really that I've heard when he talked about people living in these small villages. And when you got upset with somebody, your house moved further away automatically and further away and further away. And C.S. Lewis's depiction of hell is simply people living by themselves, so distant that they can't come together. And it's heartbreaking to think that, that we're going on that path even just a little bit. So that's kind of the bad stuff. And by the way, I haven't been sleeping much, but that's okay. I don't sleep much anyway, during, especially during the summers. But there have been, with all the bad some really good things to have come out of this too. And I really don't want to shortchange that because there has been some beauty that have come from this and there has been some inspiration. In fact, one of the most inspiring things through this entire process has been the incredible generous sharing across this industry. I now have men and women who I knew professionally That I now know who they are because I've worked so closely with them in a crisis. I know that they all are willing to share. I know that they all want the best for young people, kids and staff alike. And that's a really inspiring, refreshing thing. I was on listservs or Slack groups with camp directors from all over the country and really all over the world, and they were sharing without any hope of getting anything back because they simply wanted to educate and share their experience. The commitment that people have had for our young people throughout this entire process has been so refreshing and so wonderful and so inspiring. It's also been very warming. Believe it or not, I have laughed a ton with our campers and with our staff. We've talked on Zoom calls and we've talked on the phone and and we've emailed back and forth. and so many times I'll get these crazy jokes you know from our kids or from our staff or from our parents um, about what's going on and the future. And I just love the fact that people have, for the most part, and for many parts, kept their sense of humor through this entire experience and done what they could to help others, seeing how people have reached out in so many good and thoughtful and meaningful ways to those who simply need that touch point whether it be someone in a nursing home through a pane glass window, or maybe it's giving something to the local area charities, or if it's delivering meals, or if it's writing up daily jokes and posting it on uh, the sidewalk so that people can see it as they stretch their legs. There's been so many wonderful things. And this crisis has brought out the best in many. And I gotta tell you, it's also been really challenging. I am emotionally drained. I'm so tired. (laughs) And the thing is, there really is no honeymoon for this experience. Besides the incredible fortitude of our staff and our wonderful attitude taken by our families and our summer staff, there's very little in my mind to celebrate. We're looking at a really quiet summer at camp. And yet, and yet, this does not change the challenge that we have for the future, And that's bringing our kids and our staff members back to camp safely. As camp professionals, we figured out how to mitigate so many risks over the course of the last many, many years. I personally have dealt with H1N1, SARS, impetigo, accidents, bad decisions, unhealthy trees, pools, lakes, automobiles, golf carts, broken hearts. And yet we've still had a thriving community. COVID is a big risk for many people, and yet it's not for so many others. I do know one thing. I know that we are going to figure this out, and we're going to figure it out together. I know we're going to work as much as we possibly can to coalesce around the data and each other and come up with ways to protect those that need protection the most and let everybody else Get out there and live again. I know that we can figure out a way to get past this idea of zero transmission. COVID's going to be here, just like the flu, just like pneumonia, just like the chickenpox. It's going to be with us. We have to figure out as a group, as a society, how to live with it and really focus on the front part. Live. So what are some of the things that I feel like I've learned from this experience and that I hope will be helpful to you. And, of course, I'm taking it from a camp director standpoint. First, there's this great analogy put forth by Michael Brandwine. Michael Brandwine is one of the preeminent camp teachers. He teaches counselors how to be better counselors. He teaches camp directors how to be better camp directors. Um, I don't know if he can teach kids how to have more fun, but, boy, he's a lot of fun to be around, so I'm sure he could probably do that, too. But Michael's suggested that we be more like scissors. And in that, he means that you have two blades of the scissor and it's used to cut one thing, a piece of paper or a magazine, whatever it might be. The idea is we need to be more thoughtful when we cut the issue up, whether it be our disagreements about COVID, whether it be our disagreements about what football team is the best our disagreements about what policy is correct here or there. The idea is to cut that up, but do it in such a way that we don't cut each other up. That's the beautiful thing about scissors, isn't it? They cut the issue. They cut the object in which they're trying to cut up, but yet they don't damage each other of the the blades. They work together to cut up the issue. I wish that we could all get a little bit better of Michael's analogy and all be scissors in this moment, because we do have media issues that we have to, Figure out, and we have to cut up, but we need to do it in a way that we don't cut each other. Second thing I've learned was that we have to know our purpose in all the things that we do, whether it's reading, or whether it's taking in a snack, or too many, whether it's taking a walk, whether it's just being together. What's the purpose of that? And I'm not suggesting that you have a laminated. 10-point plan for each situation. Rather, go into each situation intentionally. If you want to spend time with your family, put your phone away and just be with your family. If you want to take a walk with your dog, be where your feet are rather than in your phone. Walk with your dog and enjoy the experience. If you're looking for information about covid Think about what you want to find first and look for that. And might I suggest, read the things that you believe you might disagree with and figure out why. That's been one of the best things for me is to, in order to understand the entire picture is to argue the situation both ways. And to do that, we have to read. And we have to read with intention, not just the headlines, but all the information below it. We've got to share That's the thing that I might have learned the most of this process is the outpouring of sharing that's happened throughout the camp community and all the surrounding pieces. The more you share information and ideas in support of each other generously and humbly, the better off you'll be, the better off your surrounding area will be, whether it be your family, whether it be your neighborhood, whether it be your industry. I know that some camps will not be able to come out of this experience and be the same that they were in the past. But I also know that those who share generously will have a community and an industry that has become better because of their time and because of their sharing. And I truly believe that that's true, not just of the summer camp industry, but for all. And finally the thing that I've learned through this process is remembering to play the long game. Camp is not only about just this summer. It's actually about the community that we get to build over many many years. I've had so many heartwarming and chill-inducing and <laughs> emails that have made me cry <laughs> from our oldest kids and some of our most recent staff. The outpouring of love and the connection that we have built doesn't happen just over one three-week moment. Although a short period of time in a place that makes you feel like you're your best self, you want to come back to that. And over the course of many years and playing the long game, you can truly see people grow and change. You can see how their schools, their parents, their friends can mold them. And you can also see how camp, in just its little bitty ways, can rub off on the child as well. And then you see the child become a young adult, and then an adult. And that's the beauty of the long game, as you see the continuous motion of time and how it affects that young person. And how they affect you. The greatest gift of camp is that relationship, is that connection. I know there are so many camps around the country that are trying to do their best to console those who have been with them for many, many years. Whether they be called CITs, LITs, Popeyes, Yops, or whatever the camp terminology is. For many, this would be their last summer at camp. And that's a hard thing, much like it is if you're graduating from high school or graduating from college. We are missing the rituals, the communal rituals that help bond and connect us to the larger organization. The challenge for us then as camp professionals is to figure out ways in which we can help create those rituals and create those moments where we can have... That jumping off point, that launch point to say, you've done this now, now it's time to move on. But do it in a way that gets to celebrate the time together. And I'm certain most of our camps will be able to figure that out. And why? Because they love their kids and they love their staff. Well, I think love is a really good way to end this conversation. Because through this process, through this pandemic, those that have decided to love... And love well, and love generously, and love without the want of return. Those are the ones that have, I think, succeeded the most through this process, who've remained themselves or made themselves better in the process of loving others. I hope that we can all take that into account and each day get a little bit better at loving those around us. And ourselves, too. Thank you so much for spending so much time with me around the campfire. It's been a a wonderful journey these last several weeks. We've had, I think, almost 20 episodes and so far in 2020. And as we move into the summer, it's time to douse the campfire and tend to our community in a way that we've not done so in the past, but one that we'll learn to dance with. I read a great quote this morning saying that life is not about avoiding the storms. Life is about learning to dance in the rain. Well, it's raining. And I'm looking forward to learning some new dance steps. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll take a few minutes to leave a review on whichever podcast service you're using. The more good reviews, the the better these ideas will spread. And please bring a friend next time. Our Campfire Circle is big enough for everybody. Until we speak again, do good. And be good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at supportscope.